one-on-one uh, missed tackle there by Plath on Craker. He's got the pace. He's quite a speedy character. He's played a lot of football on the wing. Out place Blacker in the corner. Tim Sheens walks away. A contented coach. Canberra wins in front of a crowd of 23 and a half thousand. 26 to nil. Five tries in there. Scored by Ferner, Mullins, Magus. It's not the footy show episode 101. That noise in the background may have been someone clearing his throat. GT George oh, Taylor. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> George Taylor is with us and he's uh, giving us the good oil from there over there in the UK. I'm Warwick Nicholson. This is episode 101, the round seven preview. A smooth beginning from the new opening batsman. Well, it's it's good to, for you to invite me. I feel like a, an Alistair Cook at the top of the order. I know how much you enjoyed watching him batting in the Ashes a few summers ago. So it's going to be a long and boring innings from you. Is that right? Um, fruitful, full of uh, productivity and plenty of runs to take home to the family. Oh, that's good. That's why it's a short segment. Uh, we have, mate, we always talk odds with you. Uh, we've uh, given people, I think, a little bit of a, an idea of, of, of where they should be looking if they're, they're willing to uh, waste their money on betting. Um, but we've given them good oil, mate. You've, uh, you know, you boys over there at gttips.co.uk are, are certainly raking in the, uh, the, the tips. And, mate, with the starts, we had this discussion during the week, but... You've told me you're a mug with tipping, but when it comes to betting, you're a genius. Do you care to explain? I am so competitive in everything I do. I hate being beaten, and it gives me so much frustration that we that, that, that I am so rubbish at fantasy tipping. I mean, I'll keep going with it because I'm not a quitter, but we'll, we'll plod on, we'll plod on. What, what we specialise in is the betting tips. We've, we've been flying home in the betting tips. That's what we take pride in, and, and that's what we're good at. Okay, well, <laughs> we'll go to your tips for... The coming round, but um, I think it's important that you know, just just to establish a bit of parity here, you are going against the whole, not the Footy Show panel. DC Chapman is the reigning champion, and um, he's twenty nine for forty eight. Uh, we've got uh, Maddie with twenty eight oh, from forty eight. We've down. got you Nick twenty seven from forty eight. <laughs> we've got myself twenty five. Maria, who's tipping with colours, is going just as well as our uh, betting guru. So, as he said, everybody, the tips they don't matter, but it's all about uh, picking with a start or winning outright. And effectively going against what the uh, the trends, I guess, are in the betting markets, mate. Well, um, I did a, I did a bit of, math, bit of maths this morning when I was waiting for the phone call and um, busy clearing my throat. Um, <laughs> since we had the week off when I was at the Cheltenham Festival, we've had we've had three rounds of NRL. And if you'd had a ten dollar bet on each of the NRL tips, just the NRL, not the Super League, even though they've been winning as well, your total stake for the three rounds you'd have bet two hundred and ten dollars. Yep. Your return from all those bets would have been three hundred and twenty-five dollars and twenty-five cents. So you're not doing that's too bad. That's a hundred and fifteen dollar profit at a fifty-five percent return on investment. Not too shabby, boys and girls. Uh, and uh, I believe the the three line certainties you gave us last week all got up. Um, yeah, the only one we didn't get home from off the top of my head was the Knights to win 12 plus, but we we, we, we tipped both. We tipped them uh, minus the eight and and to win the 13 plus, and they what they won by 10 or 12. I can't and, remember. Yeah, exactly. and they won but, by uh, eight points in the end. And uh, Manly were 
uh, absolute morals on Monday night. And uh, in the end, if you cleared, you could have cleaned up with them if you'd gone 13 plus because uh, the Penny Panthers didn't score a point. And the other game that we did, I guess, we got stung in the tipping department, but those Tigers, they, they stuck in there and then miraculously scored two tries in the last 10 minutes to get the four and a half across the line. I mean, this is one of the things of the NRL. You do get these late tries, and it makes it very uh, squeaky bum for the punter, especially. I mean, if you're on the Broncos minus four and a half, you, you couldn't have had a better start to that game. What was it? 18-4 uh, <laughs> with about five minutes to go. Yep. Um, but uh, no, we, 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 got on the, we were on the right end of one there. And I think the last line of that was actually uh, Broncos, uh, or Tigers plus three and a half. I think people have backed the Tigers in a little bit. And uh, Benji Marshall lines up a conversion from about oh, five minutes left of the upright and missed. So um, all the people that got on the Tigers late were even more angry because they got back at him with the chance of being within um, two points and they ended up losing by four. So it wouldn't have been happy yeah. if you'd, you'd gone late. Yeah, I mean, it shows that you, there's, discipline is a huge thing in betting. Obviously, if you bet for fun and you want to support the Tigers, then you know that's something else. But if you're determined to make, to make a profit from it, from turn a, turn a profit, if you've seen that there was plus four and a half, you, you can't take that three and a half because the four is such a big line, as you can see there. Yep. I mean, you've just got to accept that you've missed the prize and just let it go. There'll be more opportunities, even in the round. OK, let's go to round number seven of the uh, 2012 Premiership. As we've established, both you and I aren't exactly tipping fantastic, but I think some of the ideas and the suggestions we've been making uh, in your neck of the woods and the odds neck of the woods haven't been too bad at all. So Friday night, we have a rematch of round one season opener. We've got the St. George Laura Dragons hosting the Newcastle Knights. St. George $1.60, Newcastle $2.40, plus four for the Knights. And before you start, GT, let me give you a stat. The last 10 meetings, I love <laughs> the last 10 meetings between these two sides, the away team has won every single game. Excellent, excellent. Um, well, I was going to say it's only really home advantage, which is splitting these two teams. <laughs> so we can, uh, we can throw that one out the window. It's, it's a very closely um, matched match um, for, for me I think the Dragons are a slightly better team they are at home, I know you have that stat there but you get these blips all over the place, they must still have some sort of home advantage, the line looks right to me I wouldn't be having a bet on the the, uh, the point spread in that match, no, but the Dragons deserve to be favourites. Yeah, I've got the Dragons to win as well this is the closest I came uh, in this round to, to pick a, a genuine outsider that, that 10 game winning away streak is, is a big factor the problem with stats once they get longer is they're closer to a loss Theoretically, uh, if you're going to take the four, no, no, just sorry, that's completely rubbish. I mean, it's just like saying if Man United have won ten on the bounce, does that mean they're less likely to win the eleventh? No, it's the complete opposite. It shows that they're a good team and winning form. If at the start of the streak you're asked to say what's the probability they win eleven in a row, yes, it's a huge price. But given that they've already won ten, yes. Sorry, I spoke quickly there just to get to it. Well, that means you're taking the Knights now from that logic. No, 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 what I'm saying is... <laughs> I'm, only, I'm, only, I'm only poking your GT. Um, mate, we'll move on to the next game. I'm taking Dragons, you're taking Dragons in that match. Brisbane-Canberra, Friday night. Um, miraculously, Canberra on Friday night football, and uh, rather less miraculously, Brisbane are as well. $1.36 for the Broncos, three twenty-five for the Raiders. Get plus eight, eight and a half for Canberra, who have played good one, or goodish one week, terrible the next, so they're due for a terrible performance here at Suncorp Stadium. You love bagging the Raiders, don't you? You bag them just so you can get them home. Well, you know, there are there are many things that are used when your team's got no ability, but that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my tips for this round will be very uninspiring. I like, I, like you said, I can't see any reason to oppose any favourites here, so my tips will be the team that is favourite for each round. In terms of a betting angle, there is, there, is, there is nothing in this for me. The Broncos seem to be struggling to finish their games. I mean, the Raiders obviously got a good result last week, but it's a completely different kettle of fish, you know, yeah. up, up at Suncorp as opposed to at your... Uh, 
space. Yeah, well, obviously the Raiders came up against a Warriors team that should have played a lot better than they did, uh, and they just really... Oh, the Warriors, you've got to worry about them. But Brisbane have won four straight. They've played really good football in all four weeks. Uh, they deserve to be favourites. And to be honest, I'm surprised the line isn't closer to 10 uh, or 10.5. Uh, the Melbourne well, Canterbury... It's these late tries. It's these late tries. And if, <laughs> if you're not finishing your games, you're yep. not covering the spreads. I mean, Melbourne are a team that kick on and cover the spreads. We'll get to that next. Yep. But you're worried about back in the minus 8.5. Okay. Fair point. Melbourne dollar thirty-three. Canterbury 3.45. A week ago, these teams had one loss between them. Now, Dogs, who dropped um, a very winnable game against South, out to 3.45, yet 9.5 with Canterbury. Uh, is that enough? Uh, no. Um, just a few more stats to throw back at you. We love the Storm. They make us so much money. I mean, they've covered the handicap, which is either, you know, they'll always have been favourites. That means they've always won by more than the, the bookies chalked up. But when we say cover, it means if they had been plus four and only lost by two, that, meant, that means they've covered the handicap. Yep. Um, they've covered the handicap in all six of their matches so far this season. And in their last 15 home league games, which is this year and last year, they've covered 12 and a half, so 113 plus, in nine of them. And in two of those six that they didn't cover, they won by exactly 12. So in 11 of their last 15, they've won by more than 10. I I made the line about 12. I, I think... Um, it's not a huge bet, but I think we, we keep we keep doing it until it goes wrong. Get yeah. back, back to Storm, uh, minus the 10 here. Yeah, I agree with you. Melbourne to win and cover. Now, the Manly Seagulls take on the Gold Coast Titans. Manly uh, played very well Monday night, went back to the Des Hasler game plan. It worked a treat for them. Gold Coast, they still haven't figured out that their game plan doesn't work. They get 12.5 points for the line, and it's a dollar twenty-four. Manly at 4.25 for the Gold Coast Titans. Manly probably get... Brett Stewart back. They may get Kieran Foran back. They have both been named, but at this stage, you just cannot uh, touch the Gold Coast Titans, can you? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, thankfully, I, I mean, I made the line thirteen and a half. I think there's a there's a sort of sticking point. If you're asking teams to cover, which has obviously been a theme so far, yeah. I don't want to be backing a team at shorter than two dollars to cover more than twelve and a half because. In the NRL, even the poor teams are still very good. You've still got very good professional players there, and it's it's just such a big mental barrier for them to kick on past. Uh, one thing I do want to ask you: Who is this uh, Aiden Julius Caesar chap? <laughs> yes, uh, sees the day is in. He uh, was a Bulldogs uh, under twenties player, carved up, got signed midway through last year, uh, but he hurt his knee and then didn't play any games for the um, the Titans at the end of the last season. Uh, worked his way back from injury in the preseason. Evidently had a huge preseason, but uh, John Cartwright ignored him and went with Jordan Rankin at five eighth. He's finally got his chance after playing outstanding football. I think for Burley in the Queensland Cup, he's, a, he's, a, he's something. He makes something happen. But the problem is, I think under the system that the poor old Titans play, I just don't know how many chances he's going to get to make anything happen. Well, I saw one picture of him, and he's not a small boy, is he? No, uh, and oh, it's good to see. I mean, I must admit. The thing about John Cartwright has been he's been very loyal to the players that got them to the finals two years in a row, the ones that stayed in the roster. Uh, but I think finally this week we've seen uh, Steve Michaels in our career come to an end. Uh, about six weeks after we said he should never play again, uh, he's been punted to Queensland Cup and Jamal just is back in. Look, there's still plenty of ability, I guess, on the Titans, but you can't pick them. And I don't think you should be betting with them either. Uh, the Sydney Roosters and the North Queensland Cowboys, this game's in Darwin. The Roosters have given up their home ground advantage, which is good to see them go up there and play. The Cowboys are $1.67. Uh, Sydney 225, you get two and a half with the Sydney Roosters, who are actually in fifth position and uh, going a lot better than I think we all thought they would. 
Uh, yeah, I think they've been on the right end of some close ones. But the most important thing about this match is our boys back. FIFA for them, finally. The FIFA for them. Yeah, I, I think the Cowboys are, are marginally good things there. I slightly prefer them. I think they're slightly stronger favourites than the market has at one and a half. The only problem is, have you have you seen the weather forecast for Darwin? Yet? No, I haven't. What's what's the weather? I believe that match kicks off at about 7pm local time. And if you click on to Darwin, it's sort of final day, final day, final day. <laughs> and then boom, 7 o'clock. <laughs> whoosh! Cats and dogs, everything. So, so it's it's difficult backing a team to cover a handicap in, in yeah. weather like that. Um, we'll, we'll, because, obviously, we've got quite far through this round and I've not given you many bets yet. We'll come back to this game because we've got, a, got another yep. angle for I, it. I think I know where you're going with that one. We'll move to the next games and rush through them. New Zealand... Uh, uh, Vodafone Warriors up against South Sydney. This is in Auckland. Uh, about time the Warriors uh, won a game. Evidently, they're a dollar sixty. South Sydney two forty plus four for South Sydney, who I thought were were good without being great for the second straight week. But they got two victories in a row last week against the Doggies. New Zealand, something's got to turn around. But we'll look at this week, G two. Well, it's hard to say. They they play such an exciting bundle of football. They could almost play not very well and just a few passes stick, and they're suddenly they're they're twelve up at half time. What I think is a great shame for a spectacle in terms of this match is that the Bunnies aren't at full strength. Yeah. If they'd been at full strength, this could have been a spectacular match. As it is, they're taking a slightly weakened team. The Warriors are slightly better with the home advantage. Yeah, the, the line looks about right. Five, yeah. five and a half. No right. Royal Satasi either for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yeah. Uh, I, I, look, if the New Zealand pack is fair income, they will stand up, and I reckon they cover the line here to beat the Bunnies. Now, Cronulla take on Parramatta. Uh, Cronulla, four weeks ago, I said... They had to win two games in a row against teams they weren't supposed to for me to tip them again. I've waited two more weeks and two more opponents they should have beaten, and they're now $1.48. Parramatta two seventy two. Parramatta plus six. Look, we, we both said that the great key to Cronulla is keeping their opponents to, to zero or to, to minimal points. We said last week that they had to keep uh, St. George under 14. They kept them to zero, so they deserved uh, full-on favouritism here, don't they? Yeah, you, you've got that spot on. They, I, I sort of expected them to come unstuck last week. I know they were a popular tip and I just thought it was going to be one effort too many, but they no, they proved me wrong and they, they looked the real deal, especially down the middle. They looked brutal on paper. I'm surprised that I haven't made them a bet, but um, no, I, I thought five and a half is fine. I think the sticking point here is that you've got a team that's used to playing as underdog yeah. and getting points. Suddenly you're asking them to cover five and a half and... You know they they might not enjoy that. They might go and try up and start taking field goals, or it's it's just another skill. I, I wouldn't have a bet in this game on on the Sharks or the Eels plus or minus. I think it's just just one to watch and uh, enjoy. I think I'm agreeing with you. The other key with the start, everybody, is that there's no Nathan Gardner, most dynamic player for the Sharks. Uh, Matthew Wright is now at fullback, so that makes the covering the converted try uh, the issue there. Now Penrith and the West Tigers take on each other on probably the one game of the round where everybody might be a little bit divided on who to pick. Uh, Penrith two twenty at home up against the Tigers, who have one win from six starts. A dollar seventy, you have to, uh, or you, you get two and a half points if you like the Penny Panthers. Finally, we've got to a match we can have a confident bet in. Um, we've been bagging the Panthers all year. No reason to jump off them yet. I think. I mean, I watched the the Manly game quite closely. I, I wonder if if Luke Lewis is just being sucked out of the game because is Nigel Plum still out, isn't he? And he I is. just yeah, he's, doing he's, having, he's feeling that onus to cover more defence. Yep. That's that's not his role. You know, he's supposed to be on the front foot and and using his step and his pace and his power. At the moment, their only offensive weapon is Michael Jennings, and obviously he's very good. You saw him against the Eagles, just sort of skate across the pitch, and no yeah. one could touch him. 
Um, if it descends into an open game, which I think it might do, he will be very dangerous. But I think I think the Tigers are finding their form, and they're they're a good better. They're the, they're the better of the week. Yeah, uh, you have to give two and a half points for the Tigers in all the Australian markets anyway. Um, the only important things to note for the Tigers, apart from obviously their losing streak, is they put in defence um, big time against the Broncos. A lot of good teams, a lot of teams would have got done by a lot more by the Broncos given the weight of possession last week. And there is no Chris Hyington or Gareth Ellis, two of the heart and soul guys for their team. Uh, that's the concern, but then you look at the, the back row for the Panthers, it's, it's really Luke Lewis and Daylight Second. So, uh, look, this game uh, should be played in a pretty good track out at uh, Centrebet Stadium. I'm going to take the Tigers to win, and um, still not sure about... Like, they should cover the start, but I'd like to see them uh, get win number two just uh, by one point more than anything else. GT, there are our tips for round number seven. We needed to go back to a certain game between the Roosters and the Cowboys. Yeah, there's um, obviously different ways you can bet on any match. You can bet on your first try scorers or sort of half-time, full-time doubles players to score last teams to score last, all these sort of things. Now, if you if you want to make money from betting, you should be sticking to the fundamental markets because they tend to be your best opportunity to win. Now, as we've discussed, we've discussed against the, the points handicap, so a team giving someone a four-point head start or getting a four-point head start. But much closer to the time, uh, the bookmakers will price up how many points there'll be in the match, total points. Now, the, the company that I work for as a, as a bookmaker now, we specialise in this. This is we, we take as much money on this market as we do on how much better okay. one team will be yep. compared to another. So this is a market that we follow very closely. Now, obviously, there's no lines out at the moment, so we're, we're predicting two things. We're predicting what we think the lines will be and then also trying to predict where we think they'll be value. Yep. Now, I think there's, there's five games in this round where there's good potential for value. Now, the things that affect... Um, how many points there'll be at a match is fundamentally a team's style of play how good they are and the weather conditions so we flagged it up when we had the Roosters Cowboys if there's going to be a deluge then there's clearly going to be quite a few points in the match there's going to be more knock-ons yep. teams are going to play more conservative football that sort of thing now the beauty of this match is it's the, Rooster and the Roosters and the Cowboys who both have a great reputation for scoring lots of points so I think in this match, the line could be set a little bit too high. Hopefully, it'll be around the 34, 35, mm. 36 level. And I would suggest having a big bet under on that. Now, that's on the assumption that the rain does come. I mean, you wouldn't want to be betting under those sort of <laughs> levels of those two teams in normal conditions. Yep. Um, looking through the rest of the round, um, there's not any weather around, which makes it very easy to judge. Now, there's two matches um, which, which stand out in terms of betting on there being few points, and that's the Dragons and the Knights yep, and, the, uh, and the Sharks and the Eels. And the Eels, yep. Those are, yeah. So you've got three teams there who are very good defensively and are trying to suffocate the opponent, and you've got a team, the Eels, who just you know just can't score. You know, they're, they're, they're struggling to put points on the board. Now, in Australia, your points line, it tends to get a bit sticky. It's very rarely does it go below 36 and a half. Yeah, very good whatever, For whatever reason. Yep. So I reckon that the lines in Australia for those two matches will be 36 and a half. I mean, I, 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 they could be higher, but I very, I very much doubt it. I think they'll be 36 and a half for those two. I think there's a good reason for it being lower than that. So in terms of the betting advice, this week you want to be betting the Tigers. And under the points in the Dragons Knights games, the Roosters Cowboys and the Sharks Eels. Too easy. There you go, everybody. Yeah. GTTips.co.uk is yeah. where you can find all those uh, like uh, bunched together and uh, easy to read. Um, and mate, obviously, there's a few other things going on. Uh, the uh, Premier League race looks to be over, though. I must admit. 
Oh, we're, we're, we're hacking up. We're, all the sports are going quite well at the moment. Um, obviously, we are a multi-sports tipping service. We are just a team. I'm Mr. Rugby League. Well, they don't call me that. They call me George. <laughs> but, uh, we, we have we're not calling you Mr. Rugby League, league all right? We've got the Queen of Rugby League, Marissa Alice. We're not calling you the Mr. <laughs> rugby League, I'm afraid. I did actually... Um, um, give you a little insight into my life. I didn't wake up at home this morning and I, I cycled back into my flat and the place stank of fish and I hadn't been home for a few days and I thought, <laughs> have those boys sent me a GT just to cheer me up about my tip? It's just reeking under my... Now, um, no, I assume that that wasn't the case. No, no, it wasn't. Uh, we'll, we'll think about it in the future though. Um, yeah, yeah, good. I'm glad I've been giving you ideas. Uh, very good. Well, GT, thanks for coming on the show yet again. You will have next week off. I think you are over at the Cheltenham Flower Festival. Is this correct? Uh, or something like that. Yeah, that or <laughs> National Hunt Horse Racing. They're very similar things. Very good. You know, you've got tons of horse flesh jumping over six foot obstacles or flowers. Very similar. Easy to confuse. Uh, GT can be found at GT underscore tips on Twitter. And there's uh, plenty to see at gttips.co.uk. Thanks very much, George. My pleasure. Speak to you week after next. There is everybody. GT, George Taylor giving us his tips for round number seven, looking at the odds, etc. Is uh, there always a great chat? Uh, is GT. Now we have Matty Duncan following on the show, and so I'll just give him a call and uh, we'll see how we go. And let me just, uh, I don't know, we'll play some more of that high quality uh, Transformers uh, music from G'day, how you doing, May Duncan? It's not the footy show. And uh, the man himself, May Duncan, who was spotted uh, this past weekend sitting by his lonesome out at Dolphin Oval. What's going on, mate? As early as we was, I'm a dedicated fan. I was there for the Colts game at quarter uh, 12 it started. There's only about 30 other people there, mate. I'm just a dedicated fan there, nice and early. You were sitting next to people later on, I'm sure, though. Later, mate. Oh, you couldn't. There's, you know, there were 20, 20 deep around me later on in the game, mate. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, not early. I'm just there watching the young fellas go around. Ah, uh, very, very good. Now, fellow go around actually in that photo. Who, um, hopefully, he can kick on a bit more. Than his brother has. He's shown a lot of talent. He's Robbie Mortimer, Dan Mortimer's brother, playing for the Dolphins Colts this year. Well, there you go, everybody. I didn't know that. And uh, what's he doing in Queensland? I uh, decided to kind of come up out of the, the spotlight of New South Wales and kind of, you know. With the, the Mortimer name, he decided, you know, it was kind of maybe a bit of a hindrance down there and decided to come up and try his luck in the, in the Sunshine State. Well, it's a, not a bad uh, idea from the young man. Hopefully, how old is he now? What, 17? Uh, he'd be 18, I think he is, yeah. 18. Uh, anyway, speaking of uh, number 18, well, he occasionally wore it. Ben Teo, mate, uh, the word from the NRL Joketiciary is that he's just been found guilty of that, uh, what do we call it, mate? I don't know who it was. They've drawn, they've drawn it out of the hat, haven't they, this week to see what he's got in four weeks and what looked like a good hit gone wrong. And, yeah, you know, it's just the joke history sums it up pretty well. It's interesting you use that terminology. Now, I agree that what he's trying to do is not take the bloke's head off, uh, but it has gone wrong. Now, we had this discussion back in round number two, I think it was, and it was about Frank Pritchard, who, in a similar sort of fashion, uh, I think both players leave their feet uh, to instigate the big shoulder charge. My main problem with any shot, I don't care if it's a swing an arm, an elbow, whatever it is, it's just contact with the head. And we sort of touched on this at the start of the season, that there has to be a suspension. I'm with I'm with Queenslanders as you're saying it shouldn't be four weeks, but I'm not with the Queenslanders who you reckon he should get off because it was a legitimate tackle. What's your view on that? Well, I, I think he's got a time-wise. I'm, I'm not doubting that at all, but... Uh... 
yeah, I think four weeks is pretty harsh. Yeah. Uh, now, he didn't have any loading, or did he have some loading? I wasn't sure about I that. I don't think he had any loading. So that, that's not another issue I think uh, everyone's flying up about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's disappointing to see. Uh, Trent Lind uh, commented on our Facebook uh, page wondering about the grading, and I think we're both sort of saying that, look, at the end of the day, what he did can't go unpunished, but four weeks... I think it sort of goes back to that Eddie Pettibourne uh, lifting tackle last year in about round three, if you recall it, uh, Matty. I do, yeah. yeah. Uh, he copped about four or five weeks, I think, for a hit that uh, within two weeks, uh, I think Dean Young got off for, for doing nothing. So, for doing the same thing. And it's just one of those things we just we just want, I mean, we've said it before, should any contact with the head be an automatic one-week ban? And then, um, I, might, you might, I reckon if you did that, and I know it's, it sounds radical and, and almost uh, tissue, like Kleenex style, but, I mean, you get rid of a lot of those high shots. Oh, I think so. Was and not, and we'd have our, you know, a little bit more consistency around. And I think that's everyone's issue with the, with the joke history. That, that that's just not that consistency. If if that type of tackle always got four weeks, you know, no one would have a drama. It's just that, you know, it's it's all over the place and it's fr- frustrating everyone. Second part of this uh, issue is that that Brisbane challenged the grading. They were, well, they challenged the charge. They didn't challenge the grading. I think originally, and that was they just basically saying that we're not going to cop three weeks. The reason they're doing that, from what I understood from the things I read earlier in the week, was they wanted to say, look, it's the same as the Frank Pritchard one. He only got one week, etc., etc." Now, as I understand the joke dishery, you can't use a what you deem as a similar tackle as evidence if that similar tackle hasn't attracted a similar charge. So from what I understand, the whole Frank Pritchard argument actually was out the window before it began. Is that correct? Yeah, it's really out the window because, yeah, it was, was not the same charge, which is which is ridiculous in itself. Yep, and uh, we're just trying to basically say, look, the, so the Broncos have said, well, we probably real, they realised that. They weren't stupid. They didn't sit down and go, we're going to make sure that, that... I think they were trying to make that point uh, through the media and through their press releases on the website that why is it that a similar tackle, even though it's been given different grading, can't be used as an example of, of why their player shouldn't spend three weeks or four weeks on the sideline and should only spend one. It's a, it's a fair point, uh, and it's not going to change, unfortunately, because at this stage, I don't think the... Uh, ARLC is, is actually looking at instigating any change within the administration aspect of how the games run. They'll do different things, but things like the judiciary and, and uh, scheduling and stuff aren't going to get changed this year. So we can't expect anything to change this year, but maybe next year it will happen. I wanted to move on from the whole uh, judiciary thing to another thing that the ARLC did today, I believe. They uh, banned Robert Louis for the rest of the season. I see that was. I've only just caught up with that news, but yeah, I... Uh, that, that he's gone for the season. Yep, the down. So. so it begs the question: If the ARLC was in charge of the game, say five years ago, how many players wouldn't be playing first grade right now? There's a few around, isn't there? Was you know that uh, that would be sitting on the sidelines. So then the question becomes, and I'm not conducting a witch hunt here, people. It's just merely a, a question: uh, Why can't the NRL go back and, I guess, offer suspensions of stuff that's been proven? Yeah, that's a good point. Was can they, you know, go back and? And back, backdate a couple of them if they, they're setting a stance. But uh, yeah, it is it is interesting times. I think a really great move. Yeah, and the, the the second part of that, and this is not opening up a can of worms, just just making a point. Uh, if a player was found to have uh, been conducted in match fixing five years ago, would he be banned right now? Exactly gone. Yes. Okay, the next part of it we need to talk about is is another thing the RLC will be involved in. That's the new uh, TV deal and whatever. And I had an idea pop into my head. I was going to get a coffee today at work, and I was realising that here we are in round seven, and the way the draw, for some reason, works, we, we have teams that played each other in round one coming up against each other already, and I think through the middle part of the season, I think there's only a four-week 
uh, gap between sides playing each other again, which I just can't seem to understand. But for I don't know football, mate, now you're a Broncos fan who goes to the game. So as far as I'm concerned, the whole uh, argument people make, oh, play, uh, Broncos fans get to sit at home and watch their team every Friday night. You know, the ones that are in Brisbane, most of them are at the game anyway, um, on the Friday nights. And I'm sure you love that fact that you can go Friday night, have your whole weekend. I mean, in your case... It gives you the ability to go see your, your, your mighty Redcliffe Dolphins every weekend, doesn't it? Oh, I, you know, from a, my own very personal point of view, I love the Friday night. I, and you, you nailed it was. I, I go there and then can go and watch some Queensland Cup on Saturday or Sunday. But I know there's a, there's a lot of fans, and if you read Broncos forums, who are frustrated themselves with, with Friday night games. They've got families, and, and obviously the best option there is, is a Sunday afternoon. I know there's a lot of Broncos fans that are crying out for, for Sunday afternoons. I know Broncos as a club. Uh, would prefer Sunday afternoon games. And you won, I mean, it's obviously TV related, the whole reason we've, we've done that to death. But my question here is, or my suggestion here is, the new, sponsor, the new TV deal comes in next year. Let's assume that Channel 9 gets it again, because I think they will, uh, the free-to-air telecast. Should there be a rule that uh, if a team or a match-up, say, the, the, we'll take, for example, the, the Broncos and the Raiders, <laughs> I'm surprised it's on TV anyway, but just take those two teams, I'll take Broncos and Cowboys, for example. They traditionally play in the first round of the season or second round of the season. It's a big marquee game, marquee game, isn't it? And it always gets Friday night. Should there be a rule that says if you get featured on Friday night in that first run through the draw, that that particular game should be unable to be used as a Friday night game the rest of the season? Oh, there's value to that, was, but, but some of those blockbusters, I think, probably do deserve their, their Friday night games. What, what I'd like to see is and, and what they, the ABC, when they had rights to the Queensland Cup game, uh, within reason, because they didn't always broadcast some of the North Queensland games, but they'd try and run through each team at least once. Yeah. And then then when you're in the second half of the season, you know, you, you, then they'd show each of their blockbusters. So, um, you know, in this first half of the year, we'd only see the Broncos maybe once, possibly twice, on Friday night football um, at the start of the year. And I think... From a sponsor's point of view, that, that's probably the fairest way for everyone. If you if you tried to run through all sixteen teams in your in your first you know first half of the year and and distribute and then then play your, you know you've got a good idea who's going to be your finals yep. team and in that second half of the year and, and then then use those games. You might have a few double ups then, but I, I think it's fair that everyone gets to run in that first half. And that's exactly right. And that, and that's really where the basis of it is is that you've got to give all the clubs, particularly in that first. You know, that 10-week... We've got a situation now where at the moment we have two Friday night games. I can't see that persisting. I think we'll be seeing Thursday night football before you know it. Um, maybe once a month or even more regularly than that. I think the NRL got a taste of it um, for the season opener and they'll be back for that. Uh, I almost guarantee that will happen. But you open up the situation where for those first 10 weeks every team has a chance of playing a Friday night game at home or at least being involved in a Friday night game. And the key for that, and you've touched on sponsors before, is the fact that sponsors want their team to get exposure. And the clubs know that if their team has only played a handful of games, even if they're 0-2 or 0-3, they're still going to get more viewership than they're going to get in round 18 or 19 when the game's meaningless. They're 1-17. No one's going to watch the game anyway, so their sponsor gets no value for money at all. That's really what this is about, is, is trying to make it a bit fairer for the teams that don't get exposure to get a chance in Friday Night Football in those first 10 or 12 weeks. Afterwards, as you say, if there are the ski double-ups existing uh, with your, your blockbusters, then by all means, and I think that should be, you should be able to pick and choose those games back towards the end of the season. And that's one of the things that the NRL I don't quite get, is that they release the first five weeks in, like, December, 
of the next season as the TV or whatever it is. And then they do like two weeks at a time for the first seven or eight rounds. So they've actually locked in rounds 20 to 26 by about round 12. How does that make any sense? doesn't make any sense at all. And what I don't get was, is now that we've got 16 teams and not boys, why, why isn't the draw in a, in a cycle that it goes around? Why do we, yeah. you know, these double-up games five weeks apart? Is there any, what, what? I assume it's related to the representative uh, buy situation, mate. That's the only explanation there can be. Uh, because if this is about oh getting the teams to play each other again and, and creating local rock, please give me a break. It's just absolute dribble, that stuff. Um, you just got to play the draw the way it's, it's handled out because at the moment, and this is this is a, I reckon this is a fact, is that the draw advantage is advantageous to some teams that have higher rep counts uh, than others. You can argue that oh, they, they miss out on a player for one match over that origin period, but you look at the draws of, I mean, Everyone says the Brisbane's, the Dragons, the Storm, but it is it's advantageous that you look at the teams they play. Yeah, I, I agree, and I, I've always said, and I know Origin and representative football impact the Broncos more than any other team. But I, I find the representative season is one of the great levelers, along with the salary cap. Yeah. You know, if you've got good players, well, that's that's one of the things you're going to lose some good players throughout the year during the the you know, and that's a chance for some of those lesser teams to make their run. So. Yeah, I, I think we should just, at the start of the year, do by a draw and, yeah, you, um, away you go. Well, we might get that with a new TV deal. Who knows, buddy, but we'll see. Uh, look, we have to get to your tips for round uh, number seven, mate. Uh, looking at the uh, fried rice situation, I think you're at last pick, so I think it's fair that I go through and, and reveal uh, what the fried rice selections are. At this stage, I can tell you that I had first pick. I've taken Manly to beat uh, the Titans. Uh, Nick had second pick. He's taken Melbourne to beat the Bulldogs. Uh, DC has taken the Sharks to beat Parramatta. Maria, tipping with Colours, has taken the Broncos to beat the Raiders. George has taken the Warriors to beat the Rabbitohs. That leaves you with... Knights. The Newcastle Knights, who I think you, uh, you've you've given a... I think you followed the statistic I tweeted earlier in the day, mate. Ten away teams in a row have won this contest. Yes, they have. Yep. yep. So, uh, yes, you've taken the Knights as your fried rice. And the rest of your selections are, obviously, Knights over Dragons Friday night. Over dragons, yep. Any particular reason, or is it all statistics? Nah, all with the stats. No, nah, I just like the football Knights are playing at the moment, and St George, well, coming off a couple of ordinary losses. Yep, uh, the Broncos and uh, my Raiders, mate. I think this will be a really good game, was, um, but I'll give the Broncos a sneak home here. Okay, I'm very disappointed actually. I didn't think this uh, through a little bit. I, I could have made it up there, mate, and uh, just watch this space. Uh, there could be a bit of a not the footy show sojourn up to. Uh, Brisbane, uh, the double header weekend, my friend. Well, that's very exciting, was. So, uh, mate, we'll be uh, catching up and uh, hopefully going and watching both games of footy and maybe even uh, Collingwood versus Brisbane at the next night. Action packed, was. We'll fit plenty in. We will, mate, we will. The next game sees Storm and the Bulldogs play at Amy Park. Uh, the I was Storm really will get... in two minds about this yep. game, was. I, you know, I think the Storm, for no particular reason, that other than they've won six in a row, I think they're close to a loss. But, uh, yeah, I think. I think they'll win this game. And we all watched the Dogs play the Bunnies last week, and it's very hard to tip them in Melbourne. Now the Seagulls and Titans. Uh, yes, Eagles. Special. <laughs> uh, Roosters Cowboys in what GT has said will be a very wet uh, D- Darwin, mate. Yeah, I uh, I don't know with this game. Another top of the coin. I, I'll go with my Cowboys. FIFA is back, so they must win. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, Warriors and Rabbitohs over in New Zealand at noon on the Sunday. Warriors are definitely was. I'll go with the Rabbits. <laughs> I love it. They have hurt you a bit, haven't they, mate? They have. They've knocked me around. <laughs> and you would have unloaded on one against the Raiders as well, wouldn't you? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sharks and Eels, mate. 
Yep, it's been very impressive. Uh, stunningly impressive, but impressive nonetheless. Uh, Panthers and Tigers. I heard GT declare the Tigers, but I'm, I'm going the other way. I, uh, I, I want to see them win one first. This will be a bit of a game of touch floor. I think it'll be a high-scoring affair, and uh, the Pink Panthers will come over the top. Big advantage that the Panthers have in this is that they get to wait till uh, they get a big break from their Monday game. Uh, they they got they got beat up against Manly. They got turned around. I don't know if you watched it, mate, but... You know, that, that, we didn't talk about it because we didn't do the Monday show, but Manly's game plan was just perfect. They just turned around those uh, Penrith forwards back and back and back, and it was basically it was a game of forces back, and Cherry Evans was kicking butt. I, I think the big thing for the Panthers was I think they see the team sheet come out for um, the game, see the couple of big outs from Manly, and I, I think they dropped their guard. I really did. Yep, and uh, so you've, you've got them to, to come up against the Tigers, who mate, I thought really played well against your Broncos. A lot of good teams would have put more points on the on a team that didn't put up uh, a fight like the Tigers, but in the end, you guys were too good. Yeah, uh, yeah the Tigers stuck with them, but still, uh, yeah, I'm just not, not happy with, with what I'm saying from the Tigers. Okay, well, uh, May Duncan, that is us done for round number seven. Uh, now, do you want to do you want to get back together and, and do Monday Night Show? It's up to you, Oz. It's up to the listeners, I guess. <laughs> well, we know they don't react to us at all, mate. Uh, for some reason, they keep downloading the show, but they don't talk to us, so appreciate that. Uh, we've got... Um, We'll say we say we are coming on Monday, but we'll we'll see. We'll watch this space uh, at this stage, mate. Uh, as always, uh, sports fevers on a Thursday morning. Yeah, it was. We're actually we're gonna uh, we've got uh, Trad McLean from the Brisbane Broncos, their media manager. So we'll have all the um, Ben Teo talk with him in the morning. So uh, must listen. He's on at about quarter past eight. Now with him, you ha- what you have to do. Oh, hello. We've got we've got breaking news on. Um, I hate word term breaking, but uh, Teo's got two matches, mate. So he's got just about, I think, what was about fair, if I'm honest. Yep, I, I'm, I'm happy with that. The NRL judiciary, we'll call it. Not the joke judiciary, just for this yep, game. We'll let him off. Um, the quick thing on Trevor McLean, I want you to do his intro as the Let's Go Broncos uh, song that plays every time you open up the Broncos website, okay? Right, yeah, it's one of my old time favourites, was. I'll roll it out for sure. <laughs> Very good. May Duncan, we will speak to you uh, next time, not the footy show. It's 1015. Yeah. Go again. You tell, tell everybody what the station uh, address is, mate. Yeah www.1015fm.com.au And you can grab all the podcasts right there. Thanks very much, Matty. We'll speak to you next week on The Footy Show. There you go, Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Okay, there he was. Matty Duncan giving us the lowdown. And, and as we've said, we've just heard that uh, Ben Teo, two weeks for his high tackle on, or his shoulder charge on Matt Grote. About fair, we agree. I'll be talking to our man, uh, DC Chapman, to round off Not The Footy Show, episode 101, right after this. Rugby league swept into the last year of the Winfield Cup on a late summer breeze of hope and optimism. And on the horizon, dark storm clouds were gathering. The Winfield Cup's opening round drew huge crowds as the four new clubs made their colourful entrances. Peter Mulholland's Western Reds were the only winners on debut, beating St George 28-16 at the Wacker. The other three went down, but with honour. Within a fortnight, the national media dominated by the astonishing story of the Super League takeover bid, and then of the Australian Rugby League's resolute fight back. And yet when the dust settled, to an extent, it was the class teams which had held things together well enough to set the pace. When the finals time came around, there was general agreement that the right teams had made it. Is underway off the boot of Matthew Ridge. 
and Canterbury remembering they lost this same event 36-12 last year to Canberra. Gillespie working very hard in defence. They continue the wrap to the left. Dimmick, Dimmick gets a one hand around the corner. I thought there was a question on it, but the try is there for young Stephen Price. Price has gone in to score, and it has been given. Not then, but it mightn't be far away as Carroll plays the ball and they go over for two. Viga on for Robertson. Roberts is met there and pulled down by Gillies. Gillies a perfect example of how to take the big man who went up and took him ball and all because of it. Here's Kossaf! Kossaf! Over the 30! Heading for the corner! Inside the Hancock! Hancock! Five metres out! Put into touch! Great defence! And they're five metres from the halfway line. Many of them with their hands up, looking to get involved. They're very confident, the Bulldogs. They go wide through Demick and out for Ryan. There's a problem for Hopperwade. There's a problem for Manley. Ryan, Ryan has pulled down, not held. Up, still going. And two metres from the line. Lamb is there. He scoops the ball away. Demick, then for Silver. Silver away. And a long ball from Pay. And 27 is Hughes. And he goes over. Scores for Canterbury. Wrapped it up. Looking for Lamb, who's following Dimmick at the moment, and then one more has been the core, has it? Ryan is with it. It's gone to Lamb. No, he goes for it now. In flight, in flight. It looks okay. There's another point, and probably the grand final. Dimmick going Tuvi here on the left-hand side of the field. Here he is with the ball. Dimmick. He runs at Tuvi, then angles it back for Matthew Ryan. That's over the line, is it? On the line is a try and he's ruled lost. What about those of us that said you couldn't win this eight-team quarter-final from outside the top four? Hughes is probing. He's already scored one. Timu is now going back into the centre. Unloads for Silva and is Silva down with the ball? I think it's another try. Yes, it is. Rod Silva gets the try. The last seconds are ticking away. Canterbury banks down, the Sydney Bulldogs have won it in Terry Lamb's final appearance, 328 magnificent first grade games for both the Magpies and the Bulldogs, and there it is, a moment of sheer delight. There you go everybody, there's a bit of a look back at 1995, I was doing the Canberra preview for the Broncos game for the Raiders website and uh, found that in the uh, video archives in 995. Last year, Canberra truly were one of the greatest sides in rugby league. DC Chapman is getting the phone call right now. Let's see if he actually answers his phones or not, everybody. Come on, DC. Come on, DC. Hey, DC Chapman is on the line and available. What's going on? What happened to Adam Hills tonight, mate? Sounds like sounds like fun. Basically, yeah. Well, he's he's a genius, mate. He's got us covered, but uh, not you on the tipping department, mate. Another solid week from you. Only four from eight, but you're still out in front. Twenty nine forty eight for the season. What's your secret? Uh, I, don't, I don't realize I was doing exactly the same thing that I was doing last year. Picking the favourites. Yep, that's right. Uh, mate, we're going to look at um, listener feedback uh, in just a few seconds. But speaking of listener feedback, you were listening to uh, Triple M's Grill Team this morning, and they came up with the topic that you wanted to discuss here on the show tonight, mate? Yeah, basically they just they, they put out a poll to say who's your, your most hated team and why, and surprise, surprise, the most hated team came up as Manly. 
Gay Manly. Um, yeah, Gay Manly, that's right. There's no surprises there, I don't think, because really, that's sort of just sort of like everyone just sort of says they hate Manly, even though they really don't. And no, 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 no. See, I've got, I got to stop you there, DC. People hate oh, Manly. <laughs> there, there oh, are. It's, it's, it's within them. It's, it's at the core of their soul. They hate Manly. All right, just, just to clear that up. Because they're rich. No, because they're Manly. I can't explain much more than that. Uh, well, well, can you guess who number two was? Oh, well, I hate Parramatta and I hate St George. Did either, either of those two get in? Yeah, two. Uh, St George. St George oh. is number two, which I, I sort of expected that as well. Um, uh, they, I don't know, everyone sort of talk, talk, talk Bobby syndrome and, you know... See, I, I think what actually... I reckon the hatred of St George... The hatred of St George actually, I think, has intensified since you won your competition in 2010. And the reason for that is that everybody didn't like St. George before that. But what they liked even more was the fact that St. George hadn't won a, comp- a competition in like 30 years. And, and that was one of those things where they just they hated the fact that all the Dragons fans had this sense of entitlement because of all their premierships they'd won in yesteryear, which, to be honest, I think they have that ability to be happy about. But because they hadn't won a premiership in the lifetime of a lot of those fans that kept going on about how great the Red V was, it was this great thing that they held over Dragons fans. And then 2010 comes along, Dragons fans get a premiership, and everybody just goes, oh, look, I hate St. George. <laughs> I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say that, see, we've calmed down a little bit since we won a premiership. We, uh, we were all you have. uptight and sort of angry about the fact that we hadn't won yep. a premiership in, in 30 years, and so we were, we were a little bit, I don't know, something or other. And now we've calmed down a little bit. So I was hoping that our, our popularity might be might be jumping up a little bit. No, no, no. You see, you, 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 <laughs> you, you, you're right about the fact, I think, that the, the supporters themselves have, have definitely mellowed. And they've, they've understood that what people have been telling St. George fans for years was, look, it doesn't matter if you finish second, you finish fourth, you finish fifth, you make the finals every single year. That doesn't compare to winning a premiership. And, and Dragons fans kept telling you, no, nah, no, nah, it's all about being... It's not. It's about winning a premiership. Once you've won, you know it matters. And it felt good when that happened too. It did. So, mate, we're going we're gonna to move on from uh, that poll. I'm sure people have got ideas. Uh, if you know why the team you hate is the team you hate, then let us know via at Emerald Tweet or NTFS Live on the hashtag, and, or just drop us a line, uh, wnicholson.com. Now, mate, we have to look at some other listener feedback that we've got on the Facebook page. Now, Vinny Palmer, I really want to call him Vinny Parmigiana, but I won't do it. Um <laughs> Uh, why, he asked. He asked us. He's a loyal listener. Uh, why are the storms so good? DC. That comes down, I think, to the coach. He really does. Craig Bellamy is an awesome coach. He knows how to get average players to play very, very well, um, and that's been shown time and time again. And I know people can can do the whole. It's easy to play well when you're alongside good players, but that only can happen so much. When when you, when you get a whole host of younger players playing this well, it, it comes down to the coach and, and the atmosphere that he's. You know, making out the clock down there. Um, other people claim that it's because you know Melbourne's really an AFL town, so there's not too much pressure on the players down there, and they can relax a bit more. And right, right, right. That that might have something to do with it. But but for mine, I think Craig Bellamy is a, is a very, very good premiership coach. Ooh, ooh, premiership coach. He says, interesting. Well, coming, you, you coming from a man who told me that origin series. he can't win Origin. That's right, because uh, he doesn't have Slater Cronk. English he, or Smith. Well, he needs, he needs to have time to build his players up, not just get them... I think he had three years, mate. Uh, anyway, next question from Vinny was, why don't the Sharks suck? Yeah, I don't know. I think they just... They've always been put in the hard yards and they're just with... Uh, uh, who's he, what's it, in the halves. 
Um, they just sort of. Does Hoosie was it? Does Hoosie play next to Todd Carney, or is that? No, that'd be Todd Carney and Philip. Yeah, well, Todd Carney. I, I honestly think he's given them just that little bit of spark that's allowed everything to just mould together because they always had a decent forward pack, and the backs aren't too fantastic. But with the forwards doing what they're doing, you know, and, and in particular Gallon, and then with the halves being, you know, creating what they do from the centre, the. the the backs don't have to do too much and everything else just pretty much falls into place. Yeah, it now, helps when you've got... spectacular. Yeah. Either, but, but they are winning and they're doing it. They're, they're gaining momentum as they go. So it's quite impressive from the Sharks. Uh, final point about uh, the whole Sharks thing. Uh, I might as well do our NRL Tweet Player of the Year votes. After six rounds, Paul Gallen, goose egg first two weeks. Then he's gone 8-8-8-8. Eight, 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 eight. He now leads with 32 votes ahead of Billy Slater. He's got four... Ski Double Up Man of the Work Match Awards on the NRL Tweet Player of the Year. If you want to follow uh, the votes every weekend, everybody on Twitter, just the hashtag is uh, NRL Tweet P-O-T-Y, and uh, we've got a whole team of about 10 people doing that every single week with some great votes and insights to why they give their votes. So Gallon's on 32. Billy Slater, who didn't score any points this week, is on 29. There's a bit of a jump to Jared Mullen, who's on 25. Uh, Cooper Cronk on 24. Daly Cherry Evans on 22. And that rounds out the top five. And then the rest of the group is Ben Hannett, Jonathan Thurston, Greg Inglis, Sam Burgess, Sean Johnson, Ben Barber, Sean Kenny Dow, Todd Carney, oh, sorry, Uzi Watson on 12, uh, Cameron Smith, Peter Wallace, Brett Morris, mate, is on 10, Matty Bowen, Benji Marshall, Josh Morris, and Cade Snowden, who's had a pretty good start to the season, rounds out about the top 20. So, mate, uh, do you reckon the uh, player of the year comes from that top five? Gallon, Slater, Mullen, Cronk, DCE? I think for sure. I think he comes out of the top two. Yeah, I think if the the Sharks keep winning, uh, going is the Gallen's biggest. Going just going great, going. If you don't have him in your Foxtel fantasy league at the moment, get him in there as soon as you can. Or your NRL dream team, or your Super Coach, etc. Uh, he's just been phenomenal. So there's the votes for NRL Two Player of the Year. Uh, last question from Vinny simply was: Can the Warriors get any worse? Simple answer. Yes, they can. They're not doing so <laughs> bad. I know they're supposed to be doing better, but they're not doing too bad. They're, I mean, they're two and four, know. and they've only beaten the Titans and the Eels, mate. Uh, the next question we've got is from uh, one of our uh, good friends, Joseph Bear, who uh, has a question. He put this up over the weekend, and I thought it was worth a discussion with you, mate. I know you like your midweek comps. Uh, as I like the idea of even more footy every week, uh, do you think there is any chance of there being an FA Cup-style knockout midweek competition ever again in the NRL, either with the New South Wales Cup, NRL, or just the New South Wales Cup as the teams that participate? Would it be financially viable? I love this idea. Well, basically, I, I, I'm with him in his first sentence. You know, more footy. That's all we want, <laughs> more footy. Now, it's going to be very, very hard to get that out of the NRL. Well, uh, I don't know if they'll ever agree to... Yeah, which is, which is which what brings up... ...to have a midweek competition yeah. and all the rest of it. But it would be awesome to see New South Wales Cup yeah. on TV. It's a, it's a great um, idea. I mean, you can see it on Foxtel. Uh, did you get your sponsorship yet, mate? No, no, nothing's coming through from the Foxtel people, mate. I think my rates, are, if anything, my rates have just gone up and doubled here at home. So, um, <laughs> I'm going to have to make a video and send it to them. They, they, were, they weren't impressed by the uh, Oz, the uh, was it the Optus Vision um, reference, mate. And the Oz, well, that's an ultimatum. <laughs> if, they, if they don't come through, I'm, I'm going to keep promoting those. Yeah, and I'm the one that's suffering. Uh, look, the idea of I think I think he's, he's, he's touched on what is. A viable option, and that that is the New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup, perhaps being involved yeah, yeah. in um, a, a national midweek competition. And what you do 
is you only play it over six weeks. You don't play it over a lot. You have knockout situations, so everyone gets one chance and one chance only. Have a team come from the Melbourne uh, District League. Come, have a team come from Tasmania. Have a team from Adelaide, from from uh, Darwin. A couple of teams from New Zealand. Are you going to mention Perth? And Perth as well. Sorry, I was getting there. Um, and, you, and you can make it. You can make it almost like a twenty or a, a twenty-four team uh, conference style. I mean, the NCAA basketball have got their font, their their March Madness or whatever. We could have our June jaunt. I don't know, something like that. And um, you could just have a situation where they all. You know, you're not asking them to play every single week because in the in the uh, knockout system, then you wouldn't like the players who have jobs and the rest like that would only probably need one week off uh, as it was. I mean, that logistic is is a, a barrier, but. It would be something that either Channel Nine or Foxtel could uh, show on a, a Tuesday and a Wednesday night, um, and you'd get people watching it. You'd get the interest in this next level. And we, we've had this article come out today in the Telegraph about how they want reserve grade played before the NRL games, which, yeah. which I mean, which isn't anything new. Once again, the Telegraph just rehashes old ideas, but, but at least they might. Once again, a fantastic idea. Make it happen, people. But it's not even an idea. That's the thing. It's it's what used to happen. <laughs> and, yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But and we punted it. Yeah, um, and it was a big reason why I went to games when I was growing up. I'd like to go see all three grades. It was a, it was a big thing. Um, but with the, the, what we're basically looking at this whole idea of the FA Cup style knockout, I don't see it ever really involving the main NRL clubs. Um, no. But the New South Wales Cup, Queensland Cup, teams from around Australia, it's an option. ARLC. If you want to chat to anybody, um, do it. Just make it happen. Uh, it's it's got to be looked at. Uh, whether it happens in three years, five years, whatever. But have something in the pipeline. Get someone on the idea. Whichever, whichever TV company doesn't get any rights in this next TV deal, yeah. this, is, this is your way in. And and you will get people interested, everybody, and uh, hopefully it is something that's a great idea from, from uh, Joseph Bear. Now, we have a, if you want questions to ask us uh, with DC, probably the weeks that he's here in the studio more than anything, but uh, for situations like this where he's uh, at home and uh, we're talking on the phone, it could work as well, but just um, tweet us at NRL Tweet or particularly post on our Facebook page, which is www.facebook.com slash NRL podcast, and we will read the best ones out on air. Now, I have a couple of iTunes ratings in the last couple of weeks, mate, that I haven't got to, so uh, I just want to sit back and, and relax. So I'll, I'll get to them, mate. From the round, uh, around uh, early on, I think we had Troy, who said he listened to the podcast regularly. Um, very entertaining, knowledgeable guys. Keep up the good work. Go the Raiders. So he's, he's smart until he gets to the point where he supports the Raiders. So good on you, Troy. Uh, Agent Zorg uh, said, fantastic NRL podcast. Team always delivers some great insight into the coming NRL round. Lots of great content and fantastic guests. Jamal Idris even looks forward to Not The Footy Show. That's from Agent Zorg. Uh, Info and entertainment now, mate. Joseph comes up with another one. He goes, if you enjoy rugby league, you'll love this podcast. For the commute to or from work, or just when chilling out, Not The Footy Show will fill the gaps between the games. Thanks for making it. And then we get to probably my favourite one so far. It's from Darth Wales, uh, who says, Sharks forever, and he gives us the whole compliment of ratings. He says, love the show. I'm also enjoying my footy more than I have in years. I listen to the podcast every week, and uh, just download it, people, and enjoy. And then he adds, Maria is a fox. <laughs> uh, you'd agree with that one, DC Chapman. And then we've got uh, DB... <laughs> Go for it, mate. Well done. Um, does your wife know you're making that sound? Uh, DBRESQ uh, said, it fills an empty space. And I think I'll, I'll just answer his, his, his question here. He goes, with lack of NRL podcast going around, this is a welcome production. Hosts, guests, and their insights are great. Only gripes, production quality. And he says, I'll put up some more sponsors' ads mid-cast if it pay the dollars for better equipment, etc. Um, and he says, the quality of the show is in line with such a model. Now, the problem basically, mate, is uh, 
we don't have any sponsors at the moment, uh, so we're, we're, we're doing. We're, we're trying to get Foxtel, but we're doing our best. And I think the bits in terms of the quality that people are making comments is there are times just with the the, the situation of when we record on a, on, a mon- on a Wednesday night where I can't actually talk to my nephew uh, in the studio anymore. My office has changed locations, and uh, the quality of me talking to him often is poor because I have to do it on my phone while I'm driving home from work. And so you get me in bad quality and him in bad quality. And I think that definitely has been the elements that people are saying, oh, what's the quality situation? But that's just unavoidable. In order to get Nick sometimes, that's what I've got to do. That's just the way it is. So unfortunately, there's nothing I can do about that, even if we were getting sponsored. Ridiculous amounts of money, if you'd like to. That'd be fine. He also pointed out, he said, prefer the tips be done once per show. And we understand that. But he also said, look, at the same time, you've got guests. Half the issue is getting their tips, and it's not something you can really avoid. Uh, he said, overall, love the work you boys and girls do. Keep the good stuff coming. And he said, writing this at length on the phone is a pain. He wants a shout-out. So, D-B-R-E-S-Q, well done. Debresk, I think that's what he's supposed to be. Two more we've got quickly. Uh, Mr. Strainy says, first up, congratulations on the 100 episodes. Content is great. Production is pretty poor. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Love it. Keep it up. Um, I think you read the one from before, and as we pointed out, I think it's mainly due to those situations where I have to do the interviews on my phone. Uh, and, and it just leaves the quality... Uh, wanting a little bit. And then finally, Philip Alley says, uh, I've downloaded this podcast for the last year and highly recommend it. Especially enjoy Matt Duncan, Maria, uh, especially GT is a great addition. Well done, guys. Please take DC off the air. He's no good. That's a bit much. <laughs> I just made it up. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was just I was just seeing whether you were paying attention, buddy. But there are a couple <laughs> of the ratings we've had on uh, the Not The Footy Show iTunes store. If you'd please like to, to lend your... Voice to that. Hopefully, we explain the production situation. Uh, we, you know, we, we're doing it. If we had the ability to do it, meet up every single week with everybody, obviously the quality would just go through the roof, and, and it'd be even better audio sounding. Uh, mate, that's us done for uh, not the free show hundred and one. We have to get your tips for round number seven now. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that you're just going to pick favourites because that's what half the panel's done tonight. Uh, I'm just going to give you Nick's tips uh, as we begin. He's taken the Dragons, the Broncos, the Storm, the Cowboys, Manly, Warriors, Cronulla, West Tigers. And um, Maria didn't submit her tips today, but she's going with colours, so who knows what she's actually ended up going with. Mate, your tips on Friday night, the Dragons play the Knights. Dragons. Hey, listen, by the way, I, I really heard you saying that I just picked the favourites. I pick who I think is going to win, and just because I'm in line with who's going to win, that doesn't mean I'm picking the favourites. Well, we'll just see how this uh, this round pans out. Uh, Broncos yeah, this and... is one of the easier rounds to pick. <laughs> Broncos and Raiders. I'm going Broncos, although I'm not really that impressed with how they're playing at the moment. They're, they sort of get out to a bit of a lead, but they're not looking that good. Yep, the Storm and the Bulldogs, mate. Storm. The Seagulls and the Titans. Uh, Seagulls. Uh, are, are we missing the Roosters and the Cowboys? No, we're going to the Roosters and Cowboys now. Uh, okay, Roosters, Cowboys. Cowboys, yep. Uh, Fifi is back, mate. Is he really? He is, finally. I, I had a look for him, I couldn't see him. No, he's there at number five, mate. Okay, I missed him. Kane Lynette did a hamstring, so he's finally got his chance. Uh, about seven rounds too late. The Warriors and the Rabbitohs? Warriors. Well, that's a hard one as well. Yep, the Sharks and the Eels. I'm not going to go to Eels. And finally, the only game of the weekend that probably... Or this and the, and the Knights versus Dragons game. The only real game of the weekend people might go either way. The Panthers and the Tigers. I'm going Tigers. I just... I, I, yeah, I think they're going to do something sooner or later. And uh, guess what? What? All favourites. Well done, DC Chapman. Consistency. Oh. 
I like it. I like it in a station wagon. I like it in your efforts, mate, here on the show. Uh, mate, we're, we're pretty much done. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we uh, head out of Not The Footage Show? Um, no. <laughs> do, do I get to talk about responsibility of the tackle Yes, go for it, mate. We've just found out that Ben Teo got two weeks, mate. He got found guilty, challenged, got it downgraded to two weeks. And mate Duncan and I have discussed this, and we actually think that's about right, I think, for what the actual tackle was in light of what other ga- other tackles have been given. Yeah, that's true. I think that sounds about right. I just think that if... I mean, people were whinging about, you know, that that was fine and you're allowed to shoulder charge and what's the problem. Maybe along that line, maybe you should put some more emphasis on the, the guy running the ball, not to... You know, I, well, I mean, he, he, he ran his head into his shoulder as well. I mean, it's a bit. I know, it's, I know it's a bit harsh, but we've got to start to put some kind of responsibility on the guy getting tackled. Yeah, how how dare he headbutt the guy's arm? That's that's what well, you're saying. Well, I know that's that's a bit harsh. I know, but uh, surely something. I know it's very hard for you to if you're running straight and the guy just puts his shoulder in your face. Fair enough, but I'll tell you what. It, what I'll do is I'll look on YouTube. There's a there's an outstanding Billy Birmingham twelfth man thing. Um, oh, it's from a few years ago now, but uh, where he's talking about a famous incident in the AFL between Tony Lockett and Peter Caven. If I can find that, that'll close out the show on the podcast, everyone. And you really, okay. you really enjoy hearing basically how it's perfectly said about what you're saying. And I think it, it, it might it might possibly convince you, DC, that actually it isn't the fault of uh, poor old Matty Grote, who still can't eat his cornflakes this morning. Prole Phil was desperately keen to continue, but finally the swelling got so bad. His feet wouldn't even reach the pedals anymore, and he was forced to give it away. Ooh, ouch. So uh, that's bad luck for him. And, uh, Maxie, my eyes are watering after that little story. How about yours? Yes, Bear. When you're riding that high in the saddle, though, it's definitely time to give the game away. Sure is. Ouch. Yes, Bear, and we'll catch up with you again at the sports desk a little later on. OK, well, once again, we're putting $5 cash on the line in our forgettable moments giveaway... All you have to do is call the number corresponding to one of the five forgettable sporting moments we've chosen for you today, and you could be in the running to pick up that $5 in cold, hard cash. And heading up today's list is one of the ugliest incidents we've seen in AFL for many years. Hand pass over the top now for Winmar. Winmar goes for a run, bounces once. This is good stuff from Nicky Winmar. It was definitely the low point of foul play during the 1994 AFL season. The Sydney Swans taking on St Kilda at the SCG. And Giants and Kilda full forward Tony Lockhart didn't know it, but he was about to be taking an unscheduled break from the game for the next eight weeks. There's a race on for the ball now. Lockhart and Caven. the most blatant headbutts you'll ever see. Delivered with such force that the bone from Lockett's forearm was left protruding from Caven's nose. Rough justice may be, but little compensation for poor old Tony Lockett, who was out of action for eight weeks with a shattered elbow. Uh, DC Chapman, uh, congratulations, you are leading our, our tipping comp. I actually haven't looked um, just, uh, I well, just now. I had a bit of a bad weekend. You did. You were leading the um, the not the footy show tipping league on 
NRL.com, and I'm just going to load it up now and see if you're still oh, on I'm top, mate. Now. I dropped down a little bit. Oh, did you? Did you? Did you now? Did you now? Let me have a look. Not the footy show. There I am in 29th spot, not the footy show's league. How good am I going? All right. Uh, Diesel. Diesel Dave got six far. Paul got six far. They're both on 31. So you've dropped two points behind, mate. Yeah. Um, and just a little bit. You have. Uh, and we've got a whole bunch of people on 29 points. Panthachick 80, who led for a while, uh, is on 28, and she's dropped a little bit. As well, and mate, uh, poor old uh, Eyes. Where's Where's Eyes? Eyes is there somewhere. He's not. He's not doing too well. Uh, he's on uh, twenty-one points, and uh, our man, little Josh, my other nephew, he's on twenty now. Josh has been tipping with home teams in every single game, uh, and he's currently twenty-four forty-eight. So he's not doing that much worse than I am. I'm going fantastically well. Uh, DC Chapman, thanks for being with us. Uh, will you be in the studio next week? Yes, mate, I am. Indeed. So uh, we'll have you. And, mate, I think what the, the public has asked for is another skit. Um, so you've got a whole week to think about a big skit for Not The Footy Show, episode 102. And uh, if you've got any requests for us to uh, maybe get the Driving Miss Daisy one back out from last week, I think everyone, mate, the, the reactions I've had from our 100th show are really positive. Uh, people enjoyed the fact we went down memory lane, but they also said, can you please talk some football this week? So I think we've delivered that. Um, and, uh, mate, we will speak to you next week on Not The Footy Show. Remember, everyone, you can uh, get all this information at wnicholson.com. That number again, wdnicholson.com. Uh, follow us at uh, NRL Tweet and DC Chapman. When are we going to get you on Twitter? Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be getting on Twitter. I don't know how that works. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I thought that was going to be a nice way to end the show. Uh, and he's going to say... We will. Uh, we'll speak to you the next uh, week, DC Chapman. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening to the show. Eyes is next here on Not The Footy Show. Enjoy your league, league lovers. Okay, it's time for Isa's tips for round number seven. And the young man had a more respectable week last week. Buddy, you got four from eight. How many did you get? I only got three. Are you, was that, are you, were, were you laughing at me then? Yes. So, Isa, you got one more tip than me, and that tip was picking the Canberra Raiders to beat the Warriors. What did you choose? I picked the Warriors. Hmm. So this week, mate, you get a chance to pick the Raiders again, and I'm probably going to pick the other team, because from Friday night, the Broncos play the Raiders. Raiders! Uh, well done. The Dragons play the Knights. Knights! The Storm play the Bulldoggies. Bulldogs. The Seagulls take on the Titans. Seagulls. The Roosters take on the Cowboys. Roosters. And on Sunday, we've got the Warriors against the Rabbits. The Sharks play the Eels. Sharks. And on Sunday afternoon, the Panthers play the Tigers. Tigers. Okay, you know the Tigers, mate, have won one game out of six. So you have to tell your uncle, Uncle Russell, how bad they're going, don't you? Yeah, and I need you to tell Charlotte's dad, too. <laughs> Did you know Canberra, eyes, we're on sixth position on the ladder. Sixth position. Good man. All right, mate, we'll speak to you next week, and let's hope you can bring some more material next week because you're giving us nothing at the moment. Did you see the chocolates? Just go away now. I've had a gut call of you the whole game. Oh, I see.
Sleeping over there. Anywhere. Not just for the show.